It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Coming to you live from our studios here in the West Loop, downtown Chicago. I'm Peck, Bulls underscore Peck on Twitter. Joined by my guys, Big Dave, Bow, BWL Sports, Bow. Will the Go Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb, Steven sitting in the producer's chair for us today. And we are going to dive right in to our guest for today's show. You may have read his column for The Athletic uh, last week about a potential Zach Levine to the Pistons trade. He is James L. Edwards III, senior writer for The Athletic, covering the Pistons. You can follow him on Twitter at JLEdwardsIII. James, thanks for the time. Thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Uh, Still feeling the effects of the Lions collapse last night, but... It's slowly but surely uh, the alcohol is wearing off, and I'm feeling a little bit better. <laughs> well, I, Bears I fans, you know, misery loves company, James. So welcome to those of us whose season ended a while ago. <laughs> hey, I, I, I get it, but listen, you guys know. I don't. I mean, I don't know if you, how bad it's been to be oh, a Lions know. fan for somebody my age. And listen, I'm happy. Everything was house money, but when you're up 17 at half, it's just kind of mm-hmm. hard to swallow. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that that third quarter was uh, tough to watch. Even as someone who was sort of quasi rooting for the Lions, because I have a lot of Lions fan friends and and wanted to be happy for them and wanted them to be happy. Um, but shifting the focus to the Bulls and Pistons and the upcoming trade deadline in the NBA on February eighth, uh, James, you had a pretty fascinating column last week talking about some potential Pistons deals. Obviously, this Pistons team with a lot of young pieces, not winning this season, looking towards next season and beyond. I, I think a lot of Bulls fans who read that column of yours were, you know, peaked uh, curiosity-wise because it said, hey, th- there might be some interest in Zach Levine from the Pistons, but also the Pistons seem very keen on keeping all of their, quote-unquote, blue-chip prospects, how you phrased it. Of course, that being Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, and Asar Thompson. So... I guess the the first question I have for you is if the Pistons aren't really willing to part with any of those blue chip pieces, what, what are they trying to sell the bulls in a potential deal? If they are in fact interested in Zach? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think that, listen, the bulls have to do their due diligence, right? Like they have to ask for what they want. Um, that's just how these things go, particularly further or the, the, the further away we are from the deadline and, I know that they've, they they asked for that. I don't think Detroit was ever at any point interested in giving that up. And I, I think the Bulls would have a hard time finding anything um, close to that, just given Levine's contract, given uh, his injury history, given I think maybe how it, he could be viewed around the league. But I understand the Bulls asking for things that would make it look worthwhile for giving up Zach Levine, right? But I think what Detroit's thought is, yeah, they're going to ask for that now, but as we get closer to the deadline, and if they really want to move them, uh, we, we're still doing them a favor. Um, and I think for Detroit to even consider wanting Zach Levine, and I think there are people who do want him in the organization, some who don't, or some who are still on the fence, but I think just expiring contracts, like that's the out that they'll give the Bulls. That's the most that they'll give the Bulls. And I think given the situation, it makes sense. Maybe a team outbids with a a heavily protected pick or like a, a decent young player. But Detroit, I don't think, is really in the position to part with any of their uh, t- t- top-tier young players for, for a guy who, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, kind of has reminiscence of uh, 
Blake Griffin in terms of long contract injury history, uh, tying up flexibility. So they got to walk a, a, a tight line there. I'm curious as, and you kind of touched on it right there, how Zach Levine is viewed by Pistons fans. Uh, we've seen him score 51 points uh, this season uh, against Detroit. He usually plays pretty well, but how do you think he's viewed among fans uh, in Detroit? I think it's a mixed bag. I think a lot of it has to do with the team not being good. So people want somebody good. And listen, I'm, I think Zach Levine's a good player. I think most Pistons fans will tell you Zach Levine's a good player. And the game you're speaking of, he was phenomenal, but the Bulls did lose, right? So I think that's kind of how Zach Levine is, is kind of viewed, a really good player who doesn't necessarily equate to winning. And um, I think this Bulls season – well, I think I don't think that's necessarily the entire case. Uh, this bull season kind of proves that, right? Like they, you guys know, they've been better without him, and they they found their footing when he was out. So the fans here like him. I think the majority would be fine with giving up just expirings. I think a lot of them would draw a hard line at giving up anybody of of great value just simply because. Listen, are we sure this happens? No, but like if you tell me Jaden Ivy three years from now is as good as like Zach Levine at that age, like I'm not surprised. Would I put money on it? No, I wouldn't put money on it, but I wouldn't be surprised either. I guess James, like how how focused are the Pistons, in your opinion, on adding talent at the deadline? Like they had obviously the super long losing streak and things looked really dire and desperate, but they've been playing a lot better lately, a lot more competitive, obviously just beat the Thunder, which was uh, pretty surprising, if not just like kind of a crazy outcome. Um, <laughs> does it feel to you like they are still really focused on adding some talent that can sort of help bring up those blue chip guys that you're talking about? Or is it more just kind of like this, you know, outsider fan perspective of like, yeah, it makes sense for them to start adding because they don't really have a ton of extra draft capital. They've obviously got a protected pick out the door this year. Um, but, you know, like I guess just like how um, interested do you think they really are in bringing in talent at the deadline? Yeah, it's a good question. I I've always gotten a sense, and I've tried to get this across in my reporting, that any big moves will come after the season. Um, I haven't really gotten a sense that they'll, like, that they're dead set on making a big splashy move in the next week. Uh, could that happen? Yeah, I think it's possible it happens. The team has six wins, and they got a, a ton of expiring contracts, and this league is this league, right? Like, crazy things happen, but I've always just kind of gotten the sense that they'll, they'll – they'll probably add around the margins and um, and reevaluate this summer when a lot of that money comes off the books. They'll know where their pick is. This isn't a great draft, right? So it just makes more sense for me to just kind of wash your hands this season and keep it moving. But I also think, like, even adding around the margins makes a big difference. Um, listen, the team has six wins, so I'm not sitting here acting like they've they've completely changed their trajectory. But since the – just trading for Mike Muscala, right? Like an average NBA big man that has a different skill set than their other big guys, like has made a difference. They've won three games since that trade. I think they're three and four um, during that, since that trade. And they had up to that point, what, two wins, three wins for a couple months. Like just adding marginal NBA players to fill out the rotation. I mean, before it was James Wiseman playing 15, 20 minutes, Killian Hayes playing 15, 20 minutes, Isaiah Livers playing 15, 20 minutes. Like, bunch of young guys that really haven't proven anything. Now they're adding kind of veterans who have done stuff and, and you really see like the basketball look better. And it's, it's been as simple as that. So I don't think they like feel pressured to do anything massive right now. And I don't think they will, but again, if the bulls asking price comes down and um, they're able to, to capitalize on that and add a player of Levine's caliber for somebody uh, for just expiring contracts, I think it's something they consider. And, and like I said, I think there are some people in the organization who want to make the move for Levine. And I think there are some who don't. And I, and I understand both sides, right? Like the organization just went, just finished up the Blake Griffin situation. Right. And I'm not saying it's a given that Levine ends up like Blake Griffin toward the end of his deal, but I'm also not saying it's a given he doesn't. And um, they have to be cautious with that. They're, they're finally, but they've, they've done all this work to be flexible financially do you, I don't mind using on one player, but you got to be smart about that one player. And um, I understand having the hesitation with Levine, and I also understand wanting to add a top 30, top 25, whatever you want to call Levine, uh, to your roster too if it's that cheap. James, um, 
your latest for the athletic uh, that I think dropped earlier this morning that was talking about some other potential teams the Pistons might be looking to make a trade with before the deadline. You mentioned the Lakers, you mentioned the Knicks, you mentioned the Thunder. In, in that column, you also uh, had a note that that the Pistons are also not necessarily eager to let go of Boyan Bogdanovich or even maybe Alec Burks in a deal unless they're really happy with the return. Uh, and, and Bulls fans were trying to stomach the idea that maybe instead of any of the, the blue chip younger players, that and getting off Zach's contract might be the the best perk of that trade if it did go through. I, I guess my question is, you know, you, you mentioned just a second ago that some people within the Pistons have differing views on whether or not they want to make this deal for Zach. Bulls fans are familiar with reports that people within the organization, especially in those executive offices, have had conflicting opinions in the last few years about whether or not they want to continue building around Zach Levine. Do you see from your intel something similar going on in Detroit where they can't quite all come to terms on which of these young prospects they really want to build around and who they're willing to trade and who they're not willing to trade? That's a good question. I don't, I really don't think it's a matter of like, they're ready to like the majority of the front office is ready to send like a specific young guy out. Like, I don't want to get it confused that would they, that they would never trade one of those guys in the immediate future. Like if the right player came across, absolutely they would. Right. Like, I, I think that's an, like if, if they called Steph Curry for player X, like they would do it like, duh, but we're talking about a different type of tier of player here. So I, just the vibe I get is that they're, they wanted to build this thing the right way. And regardless of the record, I think they have done that. This was an organization that for years drafted terribly and spent money on players that just shouldn't be making the money that they make. And they reset whether or not it shows in the win column, like Asar Thompson is an intriguing piece. Jaden Ivey is an intriguing piece. Jalen Duren, Asar, uh, Cade Cunningham, of course. Isaiah Stewart, like, picked 19 and has ended up, like, he's an NBA rotation player. Like, that's been the issue of the Pistons for the last 15, literally, I mean, you could go back 20 years, even when they were really good, is they don't draft well. Like, a lot of the players they draft, if you look at any position from, like, 2003 to uh, as late as 2019, like, a lot of those guys are out of the league. Like, Stanley Johnson was out of the league by 30. Sekou Dumbuya, uh, Henry Ellenson. Uh, Austin Day, Rodney, like we can go on and on with trivia question basketball players, right? But this time around, I think they have a bunch of intriguing pieces and they want to build it the right way. They don't want to rush if they don't have to just because of what their record is. Um, but like I said, I don't, like if some, the right player came across, I think they would do something. It's just, I, I just think they're more keen on making sure that when the right deal comes across that they have everything at their disposal to go get that whatever that player is um, and I'm just not sure that a lot of people are ready to say Zach Levine eating up so much of the cap is worth uh, maybe putting yourself in a bind when that situation comes the one player I think that's been mentioned the most in this trade from you all has been Jaden Ivey and I think the reason that is is out of the players that you all consider the blue chip players, he felt like the one from the outside looking in that you guys were kind of lukewarm on. Sometimes you would see him not starting. Sometimes you see him not playing. Then you see him sometimes in the starting lineup. Seems like things are kind of progressing, you know, better for him. What do you, What is the feeling uh, on Jaden Ivey with the Detroit Pistons? Is it still lukewarm? Are we just wrong on the outside looking in to even be considering him? What What's the feeling on him? I certainly think that a lot of the reason the Ivy situation this season has been kind of weird. And like you said, he doesn't start some games. Maybe he has a short leash to me. That's it's coaching. Like that's a, that's a coaching decision. That's not something that the front office is pushing. If we're up to the front office, Ivy would have been playing more uh, sooner, but you guys know how this goes. Like you can't, you hire somebody to do a job. He's new. You want to let him figure it out. Like, you can't really just step on somebody's toes there. Like I, the front office is high on Ivy. Um, some more than others, of course, right? Like that's just how it works. But I don't think that uh, the Ivy made sense because it's almost like they play the same position, right? Like, so it makes sense. Like you can't have Cade, Ivy and Levine. That's just probably not going to work. So I could understand why people made that kind of deduction that if they did give up a young player, it would be Ivy. But I also think that there are people in the organization who's like, why can't Ivy be as good as Levine in two or three years? And 
Um, I, I certainly think that's a fair question to ask yourself and something you really need to figure out how you feel about him and his, his potential going forward um, and, and weighing it versus maybe having a evolved version of Ivy sooner rather than later. I think the Ivy thing is really interesting because like you're saying, I mean, he's the one that has the upside. And so when you're talking about, you know, the Bulls shipping out an all-star caliber talent, you want somebody that could come in and replace that. Um, but, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times here, expiring contracts. Like what, in your opinion, would be a package if you can just like off the cuff kind of explain, you know, if it's not going to be Cade or Ivy or Durin or Asar, um, you know, would Boyan or Alec Burks be involved? Are we talking like James Wiseman yeah. and Joe Harris? Like they've, they've got a pick, I think a second rounder from, it'll be like the better of Memphis and the Wizards. So that'll end up in like the, the low thirties. Is that something that could be on the table with a pick? Like kind of what's like your uh, thought process right now, as far as what the Pistons are kind of looking to move out because if, if they're going to do anything at all, but I do think that they're, you know, if they're going to use all this cap space that they have carved out for themselves, they kind of have to use it, right? Like at a certain yeah. point, letting those contracts expire to like be a player in free agency doesn't necessarily seem like it's that realistic of an outcome for them, just given mm -hmm. where they are. So I do think in a lot of ways, like going after a big contract makes sense, but of course, like the return has to be there. So. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point, And I agree with you. I, I don't, I don't think that they wouldn't give up Bojan in a deal like that. Like, I think that's, like that's something that they would consider. I think more so when I was referring to the specific uh, the, the talks of that trade, the blue chippers were they like the pause, right? Like I don't think Bojan was as much the pause. Um, so what is Levine at per year? Like what does he make this year? Levine's at forty this year, um, and it goes up like to forty three, I think, next year, forty five, and then forty nine. So okay, you have to match forty. Like Bojan is at seventeen, I think. Um, I mean, you could do Bojan. Twenty, so it'd be and Burks is, is at, at ten. Um, okay. Stewart's kind of difficult because he's got the poison pill, but like that could work because the Pistons don't have to take uh, the full forty million exactly back because they're uh, underneath the cap right now. So it's just there's like all these different weird kind of variables that are going on, and it's just interesting to think about it from a Pistons perspective of like, all right, what what are the pieces that we can put in to make this work if we're serious about it? Yeah, <clears throat> to me, I think. And, and I could be wrong, but like in my opinion, the the offer would be Boyan, James Wiseman, uh, get you to thirty two, and then maybe like a yeah, like Joe Harris makes too much. I mean, it depends. I mean, if the Bulls, you could take your pick of Wiseman and and Joe Harris, I guess there, um, and I'm sure they would throw in a second round pick or two. I think that's kind of like where they would stop. Cause I think like there's interest in them. Like, I think they think they can resign Alec Burks, who um, obviously is a guy that most benches in the NBA would want. And if they feel like they can do that, I, I understand trying to keep him away. Totally. Um, but it's certainly like, I just don't think they're like, like, I, I don't think they would even involve Isaiah Stewart in a deal like that, just because they're already on the fence. Um, Isaiah's young. He's only 22. I think people forget that. Even though he's been in the league, this is his fourth season. Improved from three. He's the team's best defender. Uh, I, I just think that they would, they'd would they let them pick their assortment of expiring contracts and maybe toss in a second-round pick or two. Like, I kind of almost look at – and, again, it's not a smack in the face to Levine, who I really like as a player. It's just the situation, right? Like, it's already out there that, like, the Bulls really don't have any, any suitors for Levine. It's pretty clear that – they play good basketball when he's not playing. Um, they have an opportunity to kind of semi-reset. And there's just not a lot of leverage there. So I, I think Detroit would allow them to pick their assortment of expiring contracts, the second-round pick or two, just kind of very similar to what Detroit got from Cleveland um, when they traded Andre Drummond. Uh, I just think it's kind of okay. – but maybe instead of, like, Brandon Knight and John Henson, they'll give you a good, like, veteran and Boyan Bogdanovich, right? Like – to respect Levine's like all-star prowess and top 30 player, top scoring. Like I just, I think you'd get Bojan as opposed to two guys who would later be out of the league, but I don't think it'd be much more than that in terms of like positive assets. 
James, we appreciate the time and appreciate you joining us, man. Bulls fans, if you want to stay in tune with what's going on in Detroit between now and that February 8th NBA trade deadline, you can follow James and his work for The Athletic on Twitter. JL Edwards, III is the handle. He's as good as they come. James, I have to ask you. you. I have to ask you the question, man. I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Are you related to Pistons legend James Edwards? Tell me. (laughs) I am not. I am not. I get that all the time. Yes. Uh, I. I at least, hey, my mom and dad promised me he's not my dad, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, unless somebody's lying to me, uh, no. But he, uh, he's around a lot in Detroit. Great guy. Shout out to Buddha. A lot of people call me Baby Buddha around the uh, organization right on. as a joke. But it's actually funny. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Buddha, James Edwards, he has two sons named James Edwards. Yes. Not just one. He has yes. two, I think. That's some, that's, can I cuss on here? Yes. Go for it. That's some boss shit. To have two kids named after you, that's awesome. It is also, you know, kind of similar to, uh, you know, our our good friend uh, Dennis Rodman, one of those crossover Pistons Bulls legends, James Edwards on that historic 72 and 10 team. Doesn't George Foreman have like six kids named George Foreman? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. This is true. (laughs) All right, James, uh, you have a great one, man. Appreciate uh, the insight and the intel from the Piston side of things. And uh, again, Bulls fans, follow James and his coverage uh, on The Athletic if you're wondering if that Bulls-Pistons trade is happening in the next week and change. James, appreciate you, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Keep up the good work. Will, uh, see you soon. I think there's one more trip to Chicago, so uh, you guys be safe. All right, you too. Uh, with that, let's uh, take our first break, gentlemen, and then we'll come back and kind of talk a little bit more about what we just heard from James Edwards on the Piston side. Some great of this, stuff uh, in there. I'm excited great, to break that down. Great stuff. Excited to break it down uh, on the other side of the ad break. While we are taking that ad break, you know what to do. Hit that thumbs up button if you're watching out with us on YouTube. We appreciate the thumbs. Also, of course, hit that subscribe button if you aren't subscribed already to CHGO Sports so you can get alerts every time we go live here at CHGO Bulls. And... Uh, what, uh, what do we got out of the gate? Oh, that's right. Circa right Sportsbook. Our friends at Circa offering those tight money line splits and using the low hold model. They always strive to have those starting odds at minus 110 for game spreads, for point total over unders, unlike a lot of other sports bettors that use uh, the, the minus 115 starting line or, or the minus 120 splits for no good reason, just because they want to be greedy about it. Not Circa. <laughs> they also, at Circa, don't limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other sports books who do limit their routinely winning players. They also keep as little money as possible on those large market bets. For example, NBA futures bets. If we, right around the midway point of the NBA season, you're looking at the standings and saying, I think I got a good idea for who's going all the way in the East, or who's going all the way in the West, or who's going to win the title this year, or who's winning MVP. The best place with the best value to make those kind of bets is at Circa, who, of course, also have the best unparalleled customer service. If and when any uh, issues come up, they will resolve them in a timely fashion with human people Mm. as opposed to robot not people. Mm. Uh, The best customer service in the biz. We can vouch for it. The same people who run the incredible Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Vegas. We've been there, met their staff. Wonderful people. Those same wonderful people are running and handling their app every day. Download that Circus Sports Illinois app at circusports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Be on the lookout for Circus events, watch parties, and tailgates as well. If you or someone you know may have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Text GAMB to 833-234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Working out, staying in shape, getting it right. That's something Steven's all about. I love it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's and pretty plate. much my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's what he does. Outside of eating food and things like that and producing. I, I do produce awesome. some shows once in a while, too. I just, yeah. I just said that. Yeah, See, yeah. I'm on you, Steve. Yeah. I got you. I got you, sir. I, I got you back. And you know what's got you back? The Midtown Athletic Club. In case you want to get right and get it tight at a wonderful facilitate, Midtown Athletic Club is the place you need to be. Four awesome locations, one in Palatine in the Northwest Suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the Southwest Suburbs, and the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown in Lincoln Park. It is Matt Peck's sister approved. It is Bragg's approved. And it's Steven approved. You vouch for that? Yeah, absolutely. They have a golf simulator there. You can't top that. Come on. I forgot. Find that at any other gym. I dare you. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's not playing. It's a guarantee. <laughs> also, yeah, you double dare me. <laughs> 
The Midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete early this year. And because of that, Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. So hurry up and sign up, guys. Time is running out to save yourself some money. Hurry up and go ahead and sign up. They got something for everybody, single people, families with kids, people looking to make lifestyle changes, holistic wellness. They got it all. Over 100 classes per week included in your membership, the high-intensity interval training, the yoga, the boxing, the spinning, cycling, the cross-training, the group exercises. As Steven mentioned, the golf simulator. They got it all, man. Of course, the basketball court that we saw Braggs on doing his thing with Karn. That was hilarious. But – they have so many wonderful things, of course. The Carm and Hogue approved tennis courts. Play paddle tennis, pickleball, whatever you want to do. Outdoor, indoor courts, y'all. Professional quality all the way. And it's awesome. Wait, were you out there for the show that they did? I was not, no. Okay, all right. I was about to say, regale me with some wonderful tales because they always have wonderful game. times out there. Yeah, like Bragg's, I, I did I watch it. the show. Braggs was raving about the fries. It show, he couldn't even pay attention to the show. He was just staring at someone's fries on the table. It was great. He was like, great right. food, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was the first him. one there to work out. Yes, he was. He yeah. was there at like 9 so a.m. After your workout, you can reward yourself with fries? Yes. Yeah. He, he was staring at them so much, they got notice of it. They ended up bringing him two big bowls of fries during the show towards the end of it. I mean, that's the most I've yeah. ever thought about going to a I, gym ever in my life. I've been doing that at every restaurant since, just hoping someone's going to bring me food. It hasn't worked. Mm. So i got to figure out how Braggs is doing this. you got to have some girth on you. Let me start yeah, there. Yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> got to have some girth. Everybody want to feed the big fellas. Tyro. <laughs> man go ahead and go to midtown.com slash chgo to find out more and to tour the midtown athletic club nearest you it's the midtown athletic club y'all sweat it out uh rolling along also come on uh shout out to our guy fish in the comments who pointed this out we got 150 plus watching and only like 20 some likes come Crazy. on hey Julie. like button please please y'all do it for Joey, even though he's do not here. Joey. Do it for Steven. Damn right. Who's working out, eating fries, taking cold showers. That's right. <laughs> and uh, do it for our friend James Edwards of The Athletic, who gave us some, some great intel there. Uh, before we uh, continue that combo, though, not also one. did want to give a quick shout-out to some two. of our newest CHGO <laughs> diehards who have signed up in the last week or so. Shout-out. Jefferson, Matt, Joe, Colin, Mark. Vladimir, who signed up to become a CSGO diehard all the way from Serbia. Ooh. Diehard Bears fan, always in the CSGO Welcome Bears the chat. Party, pal. Uh, join the Cool Kids Club. Mm-hmm. We are almost at, I think we're like two or three away from having 100 new diehard members sign up this month of January. Mm. Want to get to that triple digit mark by, before the end of the month. So become the 100th to Everyone join else us is doing in our it. CSGO diehard fam. Um, also, if you do that, then you can get a discounted ticket on our CSGO Bulls takeover that's coming up on February 6th. Mm. And then if, also, if you do it, you can get yourself a free t-shirt. Maybe it's the one that we just dropped uh, on the CHGO Bulls merch uh, in uh, subcategory of the merch locker. The Sub-Zero T. Sub-Zero. Oh, gotta love the Sub-Zero T. It's awesome. Also, I showed it to his brother. He likes it. Yeah? Very much. Yeah. Likes the shirt. Does he want us to send him one? I've already been on that, Matt. Come on. <laughs> I'm on top of things, man. How foolish of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those, those are some of the best vibes Bulls fans have right now. Oh, yeah. Is enjoying the beauty of Sub-Zero. Oh, yeah. Uh, Justin asks, if I sign up to be a CSGO diehard, do I get a Matt Peck thrown hat? Yes. I mean, do you, I are you, you asking if like you, I can throw you one of my hats to wherever you are and then you get to keep that hat? Or like... A hat throw that I call out in yeah. honor of you. Because I think it's the second. If it's one. the second one, then yes, absolutely. Yes. If it's the first one, we got to talk about geographical space between where I am and where you are. But the CHO locker has hats, so maybe you ship that here. Matt throws it and then ships it back to you. Boom! Boom. You There's the idea. There's Dreads also asking, "Do you have size for the big boys, Dreads?" Right here. <laughs> right up in here, sir. Just take a look at there the There you board. go. Uh, Steven, letting you know in the comments, up to 4XL on yes. those tees in the CHO merch locker. Come on, man. If I'm wearing it, I'm telling you, it's official. It's official. Mm-hmm. Uh, also said the first one, yes. <laughs> yes. The first one? Yeah. Then let's, let's talk about where you are and where I am, because I, I am no all-star pitcher. I don't have a great arm, because mm-hmm. I don't go to Midtown Athletic Club, but it's not... Their fault. I'm lazy. He's still an all-star. Uh, yep. One, one time all-star. That happened. That one, happened, ladies and gents. One fewer all-star appearances than Zach Levine. Give yeah, us something for Zach, NBA. Um, okay, so let's get back to that topic. 
did anything jump out to you guys as far as what James said? Because what he has reported over the last couple of columns the last week or so, it seems like the Pistons can't make up their mind about, like, are they really interested in Zach and willing to give up something for him? Because James kept saying something along the lines of, if the Bulls bring their asking price down, yeah. then maybe a deal happens. And saying... They don't want to give up Ivy. They don't want to give up Duran. They don't want to give up Thompson. They, of course, don't want to give up Cade. They don't even really want to give up Boyan Bogdanovic. So it's like, well, then, like, what? Is it just offering the Bulls to help them get off Zach? Like, what is that? And that's the question I, I wanted to ask him was, did he feel the Pistons were being too tight-fisted in this? Um, because, again, I still remember when they didn't want to give up Bogdan for two first-round picks. That happened last year when he was on the mark. They didn't want to do that then. So I don't – it's like it's, it reminds me of a lot of Bulls fans in their trade wanting to give you nothing but wanting to get everything back. So, you know, here you can have – give me all your toys, but you can't have any of mine uh, is what it feels like. So I, I don't know. And the fact that they have six wins, um, you can't have <laughs> – you can't have more blue chip prospects than you have wins, you know. And, and I'm like, are you holding on too tight to it? Because you just want to see it stand out. Because we've seen that not work out in the NBA many, many times. Just holding on to all your stuff and not working out. And then you're like, okay, now you can have our stuff. Oh, nobody wants your crap. Because we know it's crap now. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You're right, Matt. They, they have to make a decision about what they want to do. Like, it's going to come down to that point. And, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. That's going to be against the wall soon. So, I, my take on what James was saying was basically that the Pistons are considering doing the Bulls a favor by taking Levine off their hands. Yeah, we'll do that for you. Give we'll you take him off, and we'll give you guys some nice expiring yeah. contracts. You guys are up against a luxury tax next year. You want to bring back tomorrow. You want to bring back Patrick. Well, it's going to be tough to do that if you still have Zach on your roster. So not only will we give you expiring contracts just so that you can get rid of him, we also might give you a couple of like second-round picks or like lower-end kind of protected assets um, just out of respect for Zach Levine and his game. But the reason why you might want to do this instead is one to clear out the space, but two, because if it gets to next year and people are still viewing Zach this way, well, now maybe you have to attach a pick. So I think there is value in considering something like a, a salary dump kind of situation here. But the other piece is like, okay, so let's say Boyan is part of it, you know, He's probably not worth two picks anymore on the open market, but maybe you get a pick for him. So now you flip him into a pick and you get that high second round pick and you've got a ton of salary cap relief. Like that's starting to look like, you know, it's obviously not a very sexy package, but it's certainly something that I think helps the Bulls in a couple of different ways. And yeah, to me, this is not about like, we are serious about going out and getting Zach Levine. It's value is being presented to us. Mm -hmm. Let's maybe take a, take a swing on it. Um, and so I don't really, I don't really view the Pistons necessarily as like motivated to beat out other offers. Sure. Maybe that's maybe at, at that point comes, then we're talking about one of their blue chip prospects. Mm -hmm. But right now, there's no other offers to beat out. You know, yes, they probably want to add talent and they want to get better, and Levine helps them in those ways. Sure. But he's not necessarily somebody that they're like breaking the bank to go out and get. It's just okay. Well, we have a chance to buy low on this sure. former All Star player. Sure, and again, and especially them having that low amount of wins. It's like, they, like he said, they usually just say, screw it. We ain't going to do anything. Right. And just keep losing. We're under no pressure to, mm -hmm. what, are we going to get to the second worst team in the league? <laughs> yeah, you right, know, like, exactly, exactly. But I do think there's value in going and getting that kind of player. I mean, he mentioned it. Like, when you butt Mike Muscala in the lineup, they look a lot better. When, yeah. when they got Boyan Bogdanovich back from injury, who adds shooting and scoring and playmaking, they looked a lot better. And mm -hmm. so you, you add more offensive juice to help unburden some of these guys. Zach's younger. He's still got the athleticism in his game. He's still young enough to be a part of that core. And not to mention locked in, I brought up the, the salary cap piece for the, for the Pistons. Like, they've got all this expiring money. They've got cap space. But, like, what are they going to do with it if they don't use it to take in big contracts? Because mm -hmm. they're not signing a max player on the, on the open market. Everybody's already signed, except for Paul George. I don't right. think he's just going to go to the Pistons. Right. So <laughs> this is a way for them to <laughs> absorb an all-star caliber player and if they can do it without really giving anything up, that's a huge win for them. So yeah. I, I think as much as he said, we'll see if the Bulls are willing to come down in price, I think from our perspective, we're going to be waiting to see if the Pistons come up at all and, and meet somewhere in the middle because I think in that's middle, when, yeah. you know, maybe it's not Isaiah Stewart or, mm -hmm. you know, Jalen Dern or one of any of these guys, Dude. but maybe it's Marcus Sasser or mm -hmm. Killian Hayes or something, you know, not super sexy, uh, you know, 
prospects, but guys that could be at least young and intriguing and, and hopefully be around for a while and grow mm-hmm. um, along with a ton of salary cap relief and a couple of good second-round picks. Mm-hmm. I, I heard the name James Wiseman in our chat with James Edwards in the first segment, and if, if Edwards is involved, if this deal goes through, I will throw so many goddamn hats. Um, people in the comments chiming in with their takes. Uh, Ju- Justin Johnson saying the Pistons will give us gas money for Zach if we do things their way. Um, As they should. Jem uh, or GEM saying Pistons trying to get Zach for nothing. They can keep their bucket of balls. Uh, Ego Bean saying, how about a, ma- a bag of magic beans for Zach? Do you have uh, uh, like a, a bean guy, Eco Bean? For a hookup to make that trade go through, is that is that what we're gonna do? Also, by the way, bean guy, <laughs> Dave. I don't know if you noticed, but our producer Stephen put up a poll uh, mm-hmm. at the top of today's show talking about whether or not Bulls fans want to trade Zach within the division. Yes, to the Pistons. Yeah. Again, don't misinterpret what I said. I have no problem trading him in the division. I had a problem with the trade. Right. That's what I said. Don't misinterpret. Uh, you're harping but on I the think- division part a lot. I think no. That's what you heard. <laughs> that's what you heard. You, sir. you said it five times. When did I? What did Concretely, I say? Concretely, I don't want to trade him within the division. I said I'm not for that shit. Okay. I said I would do that outside of the division, but I won't help them. That's I what it. I said. You gotta listen I now. You're gonna be angry. Listen, I listen. Listen. I heard. I don't want to exactly. Listen. You didn't listen. <laughs> you didn't listen. So you like did not hearing. listen at all. By the way, eighty percent <laughs> of fans in the comments who voted in the poll. Said, yeah, trade him to the Pistons. Who cares? But mm. I think a lot of people were seeing the comments, yeah, the Pistons can keep their bag of balls or whatever. At the same time, a lot of people are saying, just get rid of Zach and, like, go get an all Like, that's not going to happen. They're not going to get a great return for him. So you, yeah. you can't, if you've made up your mind that you don't want Zach on the team anymore or that you want to move on from him, you have to also be willing to accept the fact that other teams kind of feel that way too, and they're not willing to give up a ton of good assets. So you kind of can't have it both ways, and that's where the solution of getting off the money with some lower-end you know, semi-positive assets like a Marcus Sasser or a 30-second overall pick, like that could be the best you get. Mm-hmm. And it also could prevent you from having to then attach something down the line because that's really, I think, everybody's biggest fear. Because mm-hmm. then, you're, then you're stuck with him. You're not yeah. attaching assets to, to get rid of him. Right. Uh, Jamie Anding in the comments said, meet in the middle, please. And, and that kind of, you right know, there. when you were just talking a minute ago, Will, about, you know, can the Bulls offer come down a little bit or asking price come down a little bit or can the Pistons offer go up a little bit? And to me, that's the part that is fascinating right now as we stand, what, uh, a week uh, and two days away from the February 8th trade deadline. Which one of these teams, if either, makes the first call since the last chat happened Mm. With something different than where the last conversation ended between mm, these teams. That's a good question. It's, you know, this, this game of chicken is like, okay, do you really want Zach Levine? Well, we're not giving him to you for that. Or Pistons saying to the Bulls, do you really want to get rid of Zach Levine badly? Then we'll give you this for, for him and, and you, you, be, you get that and like it. I, I don't know right now which of these teams is more inclined to make this move because they want it. And are Correct. willing to budge from where they currently are. Correct. And, you know, uh, James Edwards' uh, column from last week made it sound like there have been some ongoing talks, you know, throughout this season between the Pistons and Bulls about Zach Levine. And he didn't even say in that column, uh, in that report, that the talks have stalled or broken down entirely. It's just like, okay, it just seems like they're sort of in a, a stare right now where this is what the Bulls want, and this is what the Pistons are offering. And even if so you how does at, that conversation get reignited? Which team blinks? And even if you look at the Bulls asking for Bogdanovich and one of the blue-chip prospects, like they're not also asking for three first-round picks. So that's probably coming down from what they initially were asking for this past summer when they were shopping Zach. Mm-hmm. So I think the price is coming down. I think it will have to continue to come down. But can you get them to meet you somewhere in the middle? And I think... There's not really a lot of incentive for the Pistons to do that at this point. Now, if another team emerges and becomes interested, now there's maybe a little bit of a bidding war and some struggle there to see who can Mm -hmm. offer the best thing. That's really what the Bulls need. But even if you look at some of these other trades, like the Clippers going out and getting James Harden, nobody else in the league wanted James Harden. Nobody else. Bulls did. <laughs> I mean, that was just like I think that was like just fans kind of thinking about it. Like I, I don't think the I don't but think you're right. The Bulls, teams, right. I don't was, think the Bulls were ever not. actively interested in James Harden um, alone. I can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did the but right. Sixers get for him? Right, you're right. They got you're three right. first round picks, mm-hmm. and they got a ton of expiring salary. So at a certain point for holding out. Now 
the Clippers were really motivated to go get him. Yeah. And so they matched the price that the Sixers wanted, mm-hmm. but it's not like they were outbidding anybody. Correct. So it's really a question of how motivated is this team to go out and get him. It does not sound like the Pistons are very motivated to bring him in, but they're willing to take him on because they think he could be a value play for them at the price that the Bulls might have to relinquish him. Do you think the Bulls continuing their winning ways, like say for another week, do you think that will help or or hurt uh, what the Pistons could come back with in an offer? Assuming Zach doesn't play, I don't think it really makes a big difference. Um, and it sounds like Zach will be out now, at least until the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think it makes sense to try to bring him back at this point prior to the trade deadline. So to me, it's it's not really about the Bulls' performance or you know how anybody else on the team really looks. It's really continues to be an external thing of does anybody else actively want to go get Zach? Because I think the Bulls are willing to give him up for the right price. They may have to adjust what the right price is in their mind, mm-hmm. but it does not seem like they're well. You know, maybe we shouldn't trade Zach. It's like all right, let's get the right deal and we'll, and we're happy to move him. Does anybody want to buy my shirt? <laughs> I'll trade you my shirt for a grilled cheese. Guys, can I add an interesting wrinkle to this? Ooh, Please yes. do, Steve. I like interesting All right, wrinkles. let's go over under 12 and a half Bulls trades with the Pistons in their franchise's histories. Like, in entire franchise histories up to now? With each other. How many Bulls-Pistons trades have happened? Yes. Over wow. under 12 and a half? Yeah. Under. I'm going to say under. Yeah, I'm going to say under, too. I can't even remember a trade that they've... The number is four. Yeah, and there's a reason I brought that up. There's a reason I made the poll. These teams don't trade with each other that often, and they never do anything, any trades of significance. You want to read off some of the trades they've made? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bulls traded Jameer Nelson. Remember that? Jameer! Yeah, that little cup of coffee for Willie Reed, Christian Coloco, and Isaiah Mobley. That was a second-round pick that turned into Mobley. Uh, I Bunch saw Spencer Dinwiddie houses. in the chat a couple times. Mm-hmm. The Bulls traded uh, Spencer Dinwiddie oh, and yeah. the Cameron Bear style yeah. trade. The uh, Bear! Bulls legend, Cameron Bearstow. Bear. That was in 2016. The one prior to that, 30 years prior, we go Sidney Green, Ricky Sydney Winslow, Green. Earl Curitan. I don't even know who that one is. Sidney Green was hard, boy. He could yeah. play. And then Don D and Reggie Harding in 67. So my, my point is, for whatever reason, maybe it's the in-division trades just being as complicated as they are. Bink. But... <laughs> Yeah, these two teams don't often get to, together on trades, and when they do, they're not very significant. Yeah, it's interesting to think about like Bulls' trade history, and obviously, so much of that comes back to who was the manager at a certain time. So, like Troy Weaver's been there for only a couple of years. AK's obviously only been there a couple of years, so those are new. But Jerry Rensselaer's been there since '84, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to say kind of like what the perspective is, but I will say, you know, I in my opinion. Like these these interdivisional trades, or like I know in the past, like Jerry did not want to trade with the Lakers. I don't really think that's going to be a barrier anymore because it's just like if you there's 30 teams, you're you're one of them. There's 29 other teams to work with. Mm-hmm. If you say not going to work with you, not going to work with you, don't want to trade in division. All of a sudden now you can only trade with 20 teams, and it's like you're cutting off a third of the marketplace if you do that. So you, I just don't think you can really afford to. Um, and you're seeing that with, like, the Clutch CAA drama mm-hmm. where nobody from Clutch is going to go play for the Knicks because they're run by Leon Rose and World Wide West, <laughs> and those guys are Clutch guys, or I'm sorry, CAA guys, and so they don't want to intermingle, and OG Ananobi used to be Clutch, but then he changed his agent, and then he went to the Knicks. It's like they are cutting themselves off from being able to do good business, and that's why I think you're seeing, all right, maybe uh, Rich Paul is going to go have a sit-down with Leon Rose, and they may – break bread and, you know, figure out a way to work together. Mm -hmm. You just, you can't afford to work like that in such a small marketplace. And so maybe that continues to be true. Maybe not, but like it's, I think it's a bad approach to cut yourself off from certain trade partners. Even if it means you have to see Zach, you know, in division four times a year instead of just three. So I just, I don't know that you can really operate that way. I think you're underestimating the pettiness of GMs and owners. I'm not really saying not. I'm like, not saying they won't. I'm saying like, I think no, it's a I get, bad think approach. It's a bad approach, and they shouldn't shouldn't do it. I don't really feel that way. Uh, like if I look at a guy like Pat Riley, and he picks a team like he's like, "Screw you! I hope you burn in hell and never ever get anything." I want to play for you. <laughs> you know, I, li- I like that kind of approach and that kind of mindset with certain things. Now, you don't want to cut off, you know, what I mean, you know, despite your face or do something like that. And I don't think that's what this is with Zach Levine, to be honest with you. Like, fine, I keep Zach Levine. I'm fine. I keep Zach Levine. It'll be fine. But 
if it's something that is harming your team, like really just really screwing with it and doing it like that, I don't think Pat Riley would do that. But at the same time, I don't think a guy like that would trade to a team that he just truly hates. Like if there's a hatred there and it's that deep, you're just not going to do it. This guy right here, like it, right here, like the tons of hate that he has in his heart, there's a bunch of things he wouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? To other people, no matter how logical it may seem. He's not thinking with the logic. But I'm not an He's NBA GM, Dave. You know what I mean? I'm not an NBA GM. But no, you're not. I've, thank I've, God. I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard some NBA GMs have worse moral character than drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Gar. This Hi, is my Gar. Point. See I, my point? I, I get you. I get you. And I think it's also, it's also worth pointing out that it works the opposite way, too, which is that if you – if you have a relationship with another GM, mm-hmm. you're maybe more willing to make trades, like continue trades. Right, so the right. Bulls have done multiple things with the Wizards. Correct, correct, correct. You know, like I think there's probably a reason there, and that's that they have a good relationship with that. Yeah. You know, there's there's a reason why DeMar signed with the Bulls, because yeah, he had a relationship yeah. with Mark Eversley. Mm-hmm. Those things really matter. So I'm not saying dismiss it, but I do think from, at least from where I sit right now, which again is on this chair and not in the GM chair, you can't afford to say, I don't want to trade in the division, or I don't want to trade to the bus family or to the Pat Riley or whatever, because then you're just, you're cutting off optionality from yourself. And that's a bad place to be when you have very few suitors in the first place. Mm. Uh, Okay. We got to take our second break real quick. We'll come back and wrap up. I did want to touch on and continue our conversation from last night's post game about the strong minutes we saw from Julian Phillips, uh, because his coach and his teammates all had some wonderful, uh, insightful things to say about Julian after that great game he played last night. So we will come back to wrap up with that. Uh, one more reminder, hit that thumbs up button while we take the second ad break if you haven't yet. We've got almost 200 of y'all hanging out with us on a Monday. Oh, we appreciate give me every one thumbs. of you. We need, we need uh, the, the same on, number y'all. of likes as people watching right now. Come on, man. Yeah, hit that's right. Thumbs. Get them up there uh, right there. Hit that like button while I tell y'all about our friends at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Oh, Ray. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, we've got great news. Because our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake, is starting their Ray Resolution with the Start Something New sales event. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear out the lot to make room for brand new 2024 vehicles. For a limited time, you can get up to $9,000 off of new Jeep models with the dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their last call on their remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcats and Scat Packs, and more. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars still there to choose from. At Racy DJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to that Mm -hmm. Ray Price promise. You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. The price you see listed for their vehicles on their Ray website is the same one you will pay when you go to the dealership and say, hey, I saw this price on your website for this car. I would like this car for this price. No gimmicks, no funny business. The only way that you will pay a different price than the one you see online is if they find you even more savings when you go to the dealership, which is very possible. Also, CSGO Bulls fans can get themselves a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at racedgr.com slash service. But you have to schedule it before January 31st. That's the day after tomorrow. So get busy. Shout out Red, Shawshank. Uh, CTA, if you are in the market for a new vehicle, you got to check them out at Ray Chrysler Dodge Bram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. Or for more information, visit raycdjr.com. Serving the community since 1963. Mm-hmm. Yo, Steven, what time is it? Game time. Ooh. Mm-hmm. See, he, do you see how far he has come? I remember when I would first throw it to him, just stumbling, bumbling. I was all nervous. Yeah. now, bumbling. Well, now I know if you're doing an ad read, I just got to be really wired in. I, mean, I never know when I'm going to get a toes. question. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, your toes. That's right, right there. Twinkle toes. Show me them coach I was working, baby. Keep it right. Oh, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events nearest you with those killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying those tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it is not the place. No, sir. 
It is a the place to find last-minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, hockey, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. And with the zone deals, you pick the section, and game time will do the selecting for average savings of, drumroll, Matt Peck, 18%. And the game time guarantee means you will always, and I mean always, get the best price. So take the guesswork out of buying those tickets, y'all, with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee, because what it go got leave. What time is it? Game time. Woo. Woo. All right, y'all. So we, uh, we saw Julian Phillips play uh, a high 23 minutes uh, among Bulls bench players in their win over the Blazers last night. Uh, first real minutes he's seen in a while. He's been primarily playing down with Windy City, mm-hmm. but on top of no Zach and still no Tory Craig return, the Patrick Williams absence, boom, we get Julian Phillips, and it looks pretty enticing. I believe he finished with 11 points, yes. also chipped in a lot on the defensive end. He's running the floor, had that incredible chase down block in last night's game. And uh, we talked a little bit in last night's postgame about whether or not we should be seeing more of Julian Phillips in the back half of this season, even if Zach Levine doesn't get traded and is around and gets healthy again, Torrey Craig gets healthy again, and where he might fit in. In the meantime, his coach and his teammates had wonderful things to say about Julian's performance last night, and we wanted to touch on some of that. Let's start with what Billy Donovan had to say after seeing Julian's performance last night, saying... um, I think the thing I've been most impressed with from summer league to now has been his ability to pick things up very quickly. He has a very high IQ. He mm-hmm. instinctively knows when to cut. He finds mm-hmm. his, w- his way into plays. He's a very conscientious decision maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, via Casey Johnson's postgame write-up for NBC Sports Chicago last night. High praise from Billy on his uh, youngest, most raw prospect on this Bulls roster. And it kind of it sounds like Billy agrees with our evaluation of what we saw from Julian last night. We were talking yeah. about his decision making, his basketball IQ, being at the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Which and, and we know Billy has always had a shorter leash with some of his younger players, whether it's taking <laughs> yeah. Patrick Williams out of the starting lineup for mm-hmm. the umpteenth time, mm-hmm. or or giving Io a quick hook if he doesn't like a play Io mistakes on either end of the floor. And certainly not giving Dalen Terry a whole lot of running room. Mm-hmm. But that sounds like a coach who believes in the potential of this young guy he has barely needed to call up to play real mm-hmm. minutes yet this season, Dave. Oh, man. A few things. First of all, if you 80 likes, and I will show you what's in the bag. Give me 80 likes. I will show you everything that's in this bag. What's you want to know what's bag? in the bag. Everybody keep asking me what's in the bag. I will show you what's in the bag. 80 likes, I'll show you what's in the and bag. And no, I saw somebody guess that it was Portillo's. No. No, it is not. Matt Portillo's <laughs> scent wafting yes. out of that bag that is literally yes. within my reach, Yes, I would stop talking mm-hmm. and inhale this Portillo's. Well, he would do that and then put it back when he realizes it's a fish sandwich. <laughs> that is not the enticing Portillo's smell I was referring to. Exactly, Mundo. I am Matt proof over here, son. <laughs> So, um, keep that. a few things uh, about Julian Phillips. One, I about what he's saying about Julian Phillips, you know who it immediately reminds me of is Ayo DeSumo. He was saying the same kind of exact things about Ayo. What happened when Ayo got a chance to play first game of the season? He pretty much has been in the starting lineup or in the lineup ever since, or I should say in the rotation uh, ever since, since game one, since he got here. So hearing him say those things just definitely reminded me of that. I rewatched that Bulls game yesterday specifically to watch him. And I was just watching how, how he played. And Billy is absolutely right. Everything he's saying, the, the recognition he has on the floor, first of all, knowing how to space the floor and keep it space is brilliant. Every time he comes up the floor, he's on the elbow. He's always behind the three-point line, staying at the elbow. But what he does, he's at the elbow, and he floats over to the baseline. So he stays right in that area. He doesn't really go top of the key or anything like that. He stays like elbow, baseline extended every single time. Because when the plays, and he only knows when to move, when the uh, ball handler makes a cut to the basket, floats right over that baseline, hands up, prepared for the ball, give me the ball, I'm going to shoot this thing. 
The other thing he does, when he sees that ball go up, boom, attacks the rim immediately. As soon as the ball goes into the air, he's going to the rim to try to disrupt. Either get a rebound, a tip, whatever. He's trying to disrupt something. And that's beautiful stuff to see from a rookie, all right? This is stuff we've been trying to teach other guys on the team since they got here. They haven't gotten that yet. I Julian really, Palakari. Yes. <laughs> I really just enjoy the confidence he plays with. He looks like he's been doing it forever. Uh, and he makes those decisions easy for Billy Donovan because Billy Donovan isn't just looking for the talent from the young guys. He's looking for the IQ. That's what he's looking for. It's why he loves Io. That, that's what that Billy quote sounds exactly. like. Exactly. coach looking for IQ among his younger players. Yes. That's all he's looking for. Can I trust you on the floor? He doesn't care if you throw it in the ocean. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if you dribble. He doesn't care about those things. Can you know where to be on the floor? Can you defend? Also, Billy wants a defender as well. Can you defend out here on the floor? And we know he can do that. Can you know, can you, do you know how to cut? Do you know how to keep it spaced? Do you know how to run this offense? Do you know where to be? He has shown that he knows all these things in one game. He just showed you he knew when he got some time to actually be out there and play. And the other thing he showed you was, of course, the three-point shot that a lot of people didn't think he had. But as I said before, like when talking to uh, uh, Terrence uh, Oglesby, he told you it wasn't going to be an issue. doesn't feel like it's an issue uh, at all with Julian Phillips. Yes, he has played himself, I think, into some serious minutes, especially with Pat going to continue to be out and with uh, Zach continually going to be out. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, it's – if there's one thing that Billy has consistently preached this year, it's quick decision making. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you need to be able to make quick decisions? You need to have IQ. Yeah. And you need to be able to read and process the game quickly so that you can decide what to do. When there's a closeout coming at you, you drive left, you drive right, you pass, you shoot. Like, there are only so many different decisions you can make. But as soon as you catch and hold and think, mm-hmm. the advantage is gone. Yep. The play is over. You've cost your team not only a good look, but you've also cost them now a bunch of time because now you got to get it back to DeMar for him to create something out of nothing with eight, nine seconds on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. That has been the problem with Patrick. He oftentimes thinks too much, too much. He puts the ball down when he shouldn't. He passes when he shouldn't or whatever. And so I think that's where at times Billy can get frustrated with him and say, you're not being aggressive. What he means is he's not quickly making decisions mm-hmm. based on the way the defense is guarding him. And so what we saw from Julian last night was – a lot of good off-the-ball movement, floating from the slot to the wing and to the corner and trying to, you know, create more space for guys that would drive, yes. open up outlets for them, and be a shooter and a spot-up player and a cutter. Yes. And I think he did all that stuff really well. And like you said, I mean, it's just really impressive for him to be able to understand that stuff as a second-round draft pick, a rookie who's played 99 minutes prior to <laughs> last night's game. So I was very, very pleased with what we saw from Julian I think he's only going to continue to get better yeah. because he's he always knows what his role is. Yes. And he does those things, and mm-hmm. he's learning them quickly, and that's what's going to give Billy faith in you so that now you can play more. And then you start to add and incorporate more things into your game. Just real real quick, Matt, mm-hmm. the one play I saw him that really impressed me was when the ball was rotating to his side of the floor. He always knew to get the hell out the way. And mm-hmm. either either he was cutting to the basket, you know, to take his defender with him, so Io or whoever was on the baseline can have – a room to make a decision, not just one decision, not just all, all I can do is shoot a three. No, if I want to drive, put it on the floor and get to the bucket, I can make that decision as well. So he knew how to move and how to get out the way and give those other guys opportunities and to stay at the basket once he moved and got out the way mm-hmm. because if the ball goes up, I need to be a force inside to try to get this rebound. Uh, it's, it's smart shit. I believe it was Justin in the comments who said, Billy is you know keeping the young guys where they need to be. The short-minute stints are good for their confidence. If they're out there too long – They'll get exposed, which kind of goes along the lines of what you're just saying, uh, you know, as far as knowing what the role is. Um, And and there was another thing that Billy said after last night's game about Julian that kind of like immediately hammers what you were touching on, Will, which is, quote from Billy, I don't mean this critically of Julian, but he plays in a very small box. Mm -hmm. He does the things he knows he can do. That's true. As opposed to young guys who try and do too much. Yeah. couple of other great uh, tidbits from his teammates after last night. And, you know, you, you saw Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, Marvin Julian, who got a, a sideline postgame interview last night after his big game. Caruso uh, said of Julian, he's trying to be a sponge, trying to learn, doing a good job of ta- taking everything in stride. He knows the game and does little stuff within the game 
to try to help us win. When Caruso praises you for doing the little stuff, yeah. you know you're doing something right. Because yeah. Caruso is among the best in the league at doing the little stuff. It's true. And Io saying of Julian, the whole locker room loves him because when you have his energy, it becomes contagious. Ooh. He's a hard worker. He comes in with a joy. Anytime you have someone like that, it's always great to be around. He has a knack for getting better. I like this. I love it. I like this a lot. I, look, maybe, hopefully, Zach gets healthy, and maybe he's not traded, and hopefully Torrey Craig gets healthy, and yeah. hopefully Patrick Williams in this foot soreness, which, by the way, already ruled out tomorrow night. Yes, yes. No Patrick Williams. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that more in pregame tomorrow. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Give me Julian Phillips minutes. Give all of them to me. It's funny Give watching you. Give them to you. me like the beef that's not in that plastic bag right it's now. It's funny watching you try to contain what you really, really, really want to do. <laughs> it's funny watching. I want to watch Julian Phillips play 20 plus minutes a night, and I want to eat that beef sandwich even though I know it's not there. Yeah, this imaginary beef sandwich that was never going to happen. Yes, but yeah, I'm excited about him, man. Like, how could you not be just sitting there watching that? And then all the IQ plays and things we talked about, Leads to the athleticism and that sexy stuff. You know what I mean? The dunks, the alley-oops, mm -hmm. the blocking with two hands where it looked like he yeah. almost hit his head on the goddamn backboard. Like, those things are awesome to see and to watch and just make it easy. It, you, you're making Billy's job easy yeah. to get you on the floor because he clearly has a type. He clearly <laughs> has a type, man. So, yeah, man, this is what Billy is awesome uh, at doing when it comes to those young guys. He recognizes that, and he will put you on the floor see – it's the type of young guy that he wants. It's, I don't think it's that he's against young guys. It's the type of young yeah, guys I don't that think he that's, wants out I, there. I think man. that's totally true. He's just he wants guys that are contributing. And if you are smart, understand your role, play within that role, and execute decisions quickly, you're contributing. Yeah. That's what he wants. Uh, P. Will supporter. Hi, P. Will supporter. Said, said uh, Julian Phillips sucks. Peck has no eye for talent. I mean, Dang, I'm Julian I'm, Phillips sucks. I'm pretty sure I just oh, watched man. Julian Phillips tie Patrick Williams' career total <laughs> in blocked shots last night in 23 minutes off the bench. So you know, there's that. Uh, hey, come on, Pete Wilson, boy, he don't plug suck, who you want to plug, stand who you want to stand for. I love me some Julian Phillips, and I'm not ashamed. Yeah. And I think oh, he Julian's has legit awesome. potential. I'm not. I, I'm not rooting against Patrick Williams. I would like it. If Patrick Williams very much. showed me more. Very much. Show me more. Also, hopefully get healthy. Yeah. And yeah. then show me more. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's bonkers that I'm this excited about a second-round pick rookie getting some real minutes for only the second or third time this season Yeah, compared to any level of excitement I've ever had for Patrick Williams. Mm. That should tell you something. Mm. Um, all right. We are out of time. We got to get out of here. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed our chat with James Edwards again. Follow him and his coverage if you want to keep an eye on what the Pistons are up to between now and that February 8th trade deadline. Get yourself a ticket. CSGO Bulls Takeover coming up February 6th. That is next Tuesday, I believe. Next Wednesday, yep, Tuesday. A um, couple of tickets still available. If you are a diehard, you can get a discounted price. We're sitting in Section 105. Come 
hang out with us, oh. have a pregame meet with us, have Good a pregame drink with us. Good it's going to be fun. Also, now's the time. Sign up to become a CHGO diehard. Get some of Will's intel and best stuff that's behind that diehard paywall. You can get a discount on your uh, CHGO takeover ticket. Also, grab yourself a free shirt when you become a CHGO diehard. Pick the Sub-Zero one that we just dropped a few days ago. Pretty dope. Uh, hit that like button on your way out. Do it for Dave. Do it for Will. Do it for Steven. Mm-hmm. Do it for Joseph Spathis, even though he's not here with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, we are back tomorrow. Bulls Raptors. Bulls at home. Pre-game 6.30. Will, we will hear from you in post-game. Finally back at the UC. Crazy. It's been a long road trip. Been a minute. Uh, we'll I'm, talk I'm, to you all tomorrow, 6.30 Central Time. Pre-game for Bulls Raptors. Will underscore Godly is where you can find the GOAT. Big Dave Bow, BWL Sports. Bulls underscore Peck. And uh, we are CHO underscore Bulls until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. See Red Be Good, Bulls Nation. Slacks. We all silly like the mayor. 